What's going on, man? Welcome back to the channel. Welcome back to the basement. I'm Ron, and I might not have a suit or tie or gold watch on, but I got the cleanest cut in the tri-state area. Shout out, to my Shout out Major League Barber. Shout out Santiago. I'm looking clean. Let me know in the comments. Am I looking nice? I don't know. I I, I tip Santiago five bucks. I might have. I, I maybe I should have done more. But today we're getting into the dynasty stock report. We're selling players. We're buying players. We're fucking selling high, buying low. We are trying to maximize the value on our team. So. Today, I thought it'd be good to look at some of the risers and some of the followers from the wildcard weekend. If at any point in time you fucked with this video, make sure you go down below, leave a like, subscribe, comment, join the Discord. For this video, we're gonna start with the risers. I like to start high, come low. And the first player that we should definitely mention is gonna be Michael Pittman Jr. He plays for the Colts, and he honestly put on a show against the Buffalo Bills this weekend. He finished with five receptions for 90 yards in a playoff game versus the Bills. He led the team in targets with 10, and this this game just proved to me that he's getting used as an alpha on that team. I think next year, rolling to next year, we're gonna look at him as a wide receiver one if nobody else comes in to give him competition. He was used as a primary alpha lining up all over the formation. He was running crosser routes, outs, drags, screens, flag routes. He was doing it all on all parts of the formation, in the slot, on the right side, at X, at Z. He was all over the formation. And this is the type of unit usage you want to see from him in a meaningful game. This is a playoff game. This is do or die. And they put all of their trust in Michael Pittman Jr. And it reminds me of what DK Metcalf did against the Eagles last year. That wild card game, DK Metcalf goes from a guy who runs solely streaks, solely go rounds, just running sprints up and down the left side of the field to being used as the alpha wide receiver over Tyler Lockett in that game against the Eagles. Now, there was sort of like a personal vendetta against him because they took J.J. Arcega-Whiteside over him, which is still probably one of the worst draft picks of all time and why that Eagles team has crumbled so hard. But Michael Pittman, he broke out in a similar way, not in the same exact way because Phillip Rivers and Russell Wilson are two completely different worlds of quarterback. Phillip Rivers couldn't even make it to the fucking end zone on the Hail Mary. I'm not sure he can even throw over 20 yards at this point. So he didn't have the same type of breakout game, but it's clear that he's the guy. T.Y. Hilton wasn't even a threat in this game. He had five targets, two catches for 32 yards. And if the Colts don't add a receiver uh, to this room in the offseason, I think Michael Pittman is a guy that I'd be very excited for heading into 2021. Moving on, we got Cam Akers. This is somebody that I got to celebrate for. If I had champagne, if I was of age, I'd be pouring one out for Cam Akers. This is... This game that he had against the Seahawks was huge for me. For, for me, Akers is now officially a top 12 dynasty running back for me in a playoff game where McVay had no options. Their starting quarterback got murdered by Jamal Adams on the first play of the game. Jared Goff comes in. He can barely even grip the football because he has a thumb injury. They had to lean on Cam Akers, and he came through, man. He won this fucking playoff game for him. He had 28 carries for 131 yards and a touchdown. He had two receptions for 45 yards in the passing game. He accounted for 53% of the Rams' total offense on Sunday and was really their only consistent way of getting any kind of offense. He was the offense. He was 53% of that offense, and there wasn't much going on without him. Similar to that, that game, if you guys remember the Thursday night game against the New England Patriots where they just fed Cam Akers, there's not many guys in the league that you can just put the ball in their stomach and just let them win you the game. Cam Akers has showed that he's that kind of back. Daryl Henderson hasn't really been that much of a factor. You can say what you want about Daryl Henderson, but in the last three games, Akers has played with Darrell Henderson. So this is going to be, I think, 16 through 14. Akers has accounted for 80.8% of the RB carries and targets in those games. He's a, a locked and loaded, purebred workhorse. He is the real deal. He's an all-purpose back. He catches passes. He fucking runs the rock. And for me, I'm buying all the Akers I can. I mean, I already have Akers everywhere, so I'm holding him. But in places where I don't have him, I'm buying him. And it's going to be Cam Akers to the moon in 2021. Speaking of dominant alpha running backs, 
We got Leo the Great, Lenny the Great, if you will, Fat Leo, anything that you want to call Leonard Fournette. All the memes are going around in the offseason. I'll be honest, I was super high on Leonard Fournette coming into the season if you were following this content going into seasonal drafts last year. And it sucked because he was on the Jaguars. I still thought he would have been great on the Jaguars. When we look at what James Robinson did, I really don't think that Fournette would have been too far off of the Robinson production because he would have been given that same volume, if not more. Now, he goes to the Buccaneers, and he has one of the most disappointing seasons in recent memory. He plays 13 games, has 600 yards from scrimmage, he has six touchdowns, and he loses the RB battle against Ronald Jones. But after the stock plummeted past there, it plummeted all the way down to the basement, the stock. The stonk was... The, it was the opposite of the ceiling as the rib. The, the Leonard Fournette stonk, you could get him for, for pennies on the dollar. But now his arrow is finally pointing up. I like him as a, as a stock riser because he had 23 touches, 132 yards from scrimmage, and a TD playing in his best game as a buck in a playoff game. This was a do-or-die game. He earns Tom Brady's trust. He does it against probably one of the scariest seven-man fronts in the league, Chase Young is one of the scariest dudes on, on the planet, if not the scariest dude. If Leonard Fournette can string a couple of these performances together in the playoffs and prove that he's a trustworthy back, that he could be a workhorse back in the league, I don't see why going into free agency this year, a team doesn't give him a workhorse offer. But he has to just string these together. I just keep an eye out for Leonard Fournette. Right now is huge for him because if he if he face plants next game, I'm not sure a team's going to let him be their number one guy. He might just be brought in as a rotational player. So if he can string a couple of these games together and he gets a nice contract, you're looking at an RB1 next year. This last name on the list is going to be not only one player, but a group of players. This is going to be the Steelers wide receiver room. And you might ask me, Ron, what the fuck are we talking about here? The Steelers wide receivers, the stock is up. You had Juju dancing on logos and fucking just selling his team, just giving other teams endless bulletin board material with the Browns is just the Browns. And you have Deontay Johnson. He struggled with drops all season. You have Claypool giving a bad quote saying the Browns are going to get clapped anyways. The team is the most dysfunctional I can even remember the Steelers being. And this is post Antonio Brown. And then they go 11 and 0, finish 1 and 4 in their last games, get bumped from the playoffs, and everything is just falling apart. It's the most dysfunctional group in all of football. All of this regularly would be pointing to stock down. These are all players I'd, I'd want nothing to do with. Uh, but because of that, they are a buy. And they're not only a buy because of that, but they're a buy because Juju Smith-Schuster is going to be a free agent in spring of 2021. I think the biggest competitive advantage that you can have in Dynasty is knowing when players' contracts expire. Because this is huge. It's huge for Juju because this was an ugly year for him. He uh, was playing with Big Ben, who you can say what you want about Big Ben, but he's not what he used to be. He's not what he was that year where Antonio Brown and Juju were number one wide receivers. Then he's competing with Claypool, Deontay Johnson. He's only operating out of the slot instead of being the main guy that can go all over the formation. So it kind of marginalized him as a receiver. But I think after I think after the dancing on the logo shit, I think after this loss to the Cleveland, I don't see a world where they bring him back. So I think he's going to be on one of those wide receiver needy teams. He might sign with a team like the Dolphins, Washington, the Ravens. There's a lot of different places he could go to that would make his stock increase. So I think that he's going to get off the Steelers. He's going to be a free agent. The owner or his owner in Dynasty in your league might not know that he's about to be a free agent. Then when you add that with him leaving, he's bringing 128 targets with him to, to Baltimore, Miami, any of those places. He's bringing 128 targets. That's number 15th in the league. That's going to open up a lot of opportunity for Claypool, Deontay Johnson, even James Washington. I love James Washington out of Oklahoma State. He's a promising recruit. He has that, that, that shower corollary with Mason Rudolph. There's a lot of promising young wide receivers on this team. And if Juju walks and they don't add somebody to replace him, now Claypool, Deontay Johnson are going to be proper outside wide receivers. There's a lot of young, promising wide receivers on this team. And if Juju walks, Claypool, Deontay Johnson, James Washington all get a big bump in 2021. Then we have the guys that hurt their stock this weekend. And the first guy on that list, Javon Wims. The guy is honestly a joke at this point. I'm not sure how many people even have him rostered in Dynasty Leagues, but I thought I'd bring him up because 
his situation is just funny. You have the his only highlight in his entire career is against the Saints this year, where he just comes out of nowhere and just socks this cornerback for the Saints. He just socks him out of nowhere. I think he gets suspended. Somehow he still is on the team. He literally is he's in year three. He was drafted in the seventh round, and somehow he still has a roster spot. And his only spot to show anything was this game against the Saints. You're gonna have Allen Robinson sucking up Marshawn Lattimore on the outside. Darnell Mooney's gone, and it's it's Javon Wims time. And somehow he gets open and even crazier than Javon Wims getting open 40 yards on the field is Mitch Trubisky throwing him a dime in the back of the end zone, right in the bread basket, and he fucked it up. It goes right through his fingers, and that's pretty much it for Javon Wims. I, I don't know how people out there even have him uh, rostered, but if you have him rostered, it's time to let him go. Javon Wims, the Javon Wims experiment is over. I'm not sure he's even going to be on a 53-man roster next year. A guy that will be on a 53-man roster will probably start in two to three wide receiver sets for whatever team he goes to is going to be Corey Davis, but he's had... A, a pretty bad hit to his stock these last couple weeks. He's like Juju, another receiver that's going to be a free agent in the spring. These guys you really want to keep an eye on. The, the, the free agents this year are going to be Chris Godwin, Kenny Galladay, Juju Smith-Schuster, Allen Robinson, Corey Davis, Will Fuller, Curtis Samuel. There's, a, there's other guys I'm probably even uh, I'm missing, but this is going to be a crazy offseason for wide receivers so keep an eye out for all those guys because it can affect their stocks it can go up go down but for Corey Davis it's tough because he was looked at as a bust he went top 10 to the Titans and he hasn't he hasn't performed like that at all AJ Brown has outproduced him since the day he stepped foot on the field and Corey Davis has been such a fringy wide receiver with ups and downs and this playoff game against the Bills or against the Ravens was going to be huge for his stock if he went out there and he went crazy he could possibly luck into or convince a team that he could be their wide receiver one or a focal point in this offense but his stat line in the loss to the ravens was zero 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 on two targets and it's been held to five catches for 39 yards in his last three starts it leaves a pretty sour taste in his potential suitors mouth so a lot of guys that are a lot of gms in the league that are probably like all right i want to I want to get Corey Davis, bring him in. You know, he was a top 10 overall pick. He definitely probably still has upside. Just been A.J. Brown's fault. This is a really bad end to the season after he started so well. This was almost his breakout year in a way. He was the widest for 17 in points per game through 15 weeks. These last three have just been bad. It's fallen off a cliff completely. If he if he carried that wide receiver 17 in points per game through the playoffs, then you'd be looking good. But he just lost, was a non-factor in a really huge game. And it leaves him as a big question mark for teams that are going to bring him in. And I'm not sure that anybody's going to be eager to have them as their one, which would be, if he could ever be a one on a team, kind of like Will Fuller on the Texans last year, it would be really interesting. But I doubt that he gets that kind of opportunity after seeing these last three games. Now he could, but we're speculating. This is the stock market. I'm saying that his his value is on the, on the, the downswing right now. I think that he's going to get brought into somewhere, maybe like the Packers or maybe the Chiefs, where he could be that number two to a guy like Tyree Kill or Devontae Adams which wouldn't be bad for his stock, but you're still looking at a guy that's probably in the wide receiver 30 range in terms of year to year. Now, if you've made it this far, man, I appreciate it. Make sure you go down below, subscribe, leave a like, comment. Make sure you join the Discord, man. The Discord's going to be the, the premium spot for this channel. It's going to have links to live streams. If I ever do a mock draft, if I do a March Madness bracket, fantasy leagues, subscriber fantasy leagues, anything among those lines where you want to be involved with this community, this channel that we're building, make sure you join the Discord. Make sure you subscribe. It's free. It's 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 something light. You just click the button. You get all of my, my videos that come down into your subscription box. Probably even get recommended my videos a little bit more. You don't want to miss any of these videos that are coming out. I'm going to have bangers from here through the NFL draft, talking about dynasty fantasy football, talking about rookie fantasy football. It's just going to be, it's going to be a good old Lucy Goose time on this channel. As always, you can find me at Ron Stewart underscore, and I'll see you guys in the next one.